Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. You can find a description uh, excuse me, a link at the very top of the Five Reasons Sports Twitter account. Off the floor is where you can communicate with each other, get messages directly from us, from the games, and more on the heat and so much more. Check it out, $2.99 per month. If you subscribe to the old Off the Floor, this is 100 times better. Just check it out. We're sure that you're going to stay. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get $20 to play Better Edge. They call it a stock exchange for sports betting. Really what it is is a place that you can bet legally, find the line you want on just about everything because, again, you're betting against others who use it. Like your friends, you're not betting against a bookie. So check it out at betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode. Down yeah, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I'm back from Orlando. Just watched the Miami Heat win on the road against a good team without Jimmy Butler and without Kevin Love. And they did it mostly on the shoulders of Tyler Hero and four players off the bench. Haywood Highsmith was terrific. Josh Richardson played most of the minutes at the point guard position. Thomas Bryant filled in for Bam Adebayo and actually did some pretty good things uh, in the game. And Duncan Robinson was there creating space for others, which is something that Haywood Highsmith talked about after the game. So a very rare combination that was used, and it worked. But we're going to talk about one guy in particular here because we spent so much time, Alex, talking about what it would look like when Tyler Hero was back. And no Jimmy Butler in the last game. He's not going to be playing in the next game either. You and I and Brady will all be at the Hawks game against the Heat on Friday night. But I'm wondering if we may be moving towards a narrative change because one of the narratives about Tyler Hero has been, and I perpetuated this to some degree, in the sense of a lot of times when he scored, they lost. And again, correlation is not causation. Did I do that correctly this time? A lot of times it was not necessarily his scoring that was leading to the losing. It's that they would need someone to score in those games. And so he would provide that scoring, scoring and then they would end up with an L anyway. And I'm not going to say that he's been blameless all the time in these situations, but I think, and this reminds me again, a lot of the stuff with Hero reminds me of the stuff with Tua. 
where you get stuck in a narrative and it's very hard to get out of it and nobody wants to pay attention to what the numbers or even the eye tests start to say. So I'm asking you this question, Alex, as we've seen Hero come back and basically be the best player on the floor for two straight games. Okay, in Minnesota, Anthony Edwards overtook him as that game went on, but he played very well in that game, especially 11 points early in that game. This game, he had a quick 10. Would we talk about anybody else with these numbers in these terms? 24 points, five rebounds, five assists on splits of 47, 42, 92. So that's 47% overall from the floor, 42% from three, and 92% from the line. Would any other player face the scrutiny of when he scores more or he shoots more, they play worse? Because I would think... Anybody with those numbers, you would want them shooting more, right? Yeah, typically like a, a player putting a young player putting up that type of stat line, especially somebody with if you just look at his like uh, resume resume coming in, not including his physical profile, right? Came out of Kentucky, first round pick, came in at nineteen, was productive right away. Uh, you know, had playoff moments for you, and then has gotten better every year and. One six man of the year on the way, um, and, and again has made has, has uh, made improvements in every single season. I feel like even if you don't love him as a player, I think it's pretty easy to say he's he's gotten better as a player every single season. Um, like yeah, usually this is the type of player that not only is like a young player that people would be super excited about, but is also like certifiably a part of your core. And I think the thing with Tyler is not only like kind of the the pre-existing things that people had thought about him, right. Where like, he kind of got put into that box of like, you know, uh, microwave score who doesn't play defense. Right. And I think once you get put into that label, it's kind of hard to talk about guys outside of that. And I think it ends up kind of um, like, like I think Tyler probably doesn't like that because you look at him and like comparing him to other microwave scorers who have come off the bench or who did that for their, for most of their careers, like, Tyler will regularly give you four or five assists. Will, like, will will regularly make a a pocket pass to a Bam, and and I, he isn't like an elite point guard by any means, right? And I think that's kind of some of what's going on here is the increased usage is getting in the way a little bit of what people thought the offensive vision would be for this team and what it was without him. But he is very good at what he does. Like, I just think you we can have conversations about what what he should or shouldn't be doing. What you can't say is he hasn't been very good. And I think, like, even if you look at the advanced stats, I think what I see most, I'm trying to look at, like, patterns here. And shout out Dunks and Threes, because I'm mostly just going off of that in this, you know, for for this instance. What I've noticed is that the usage, um, which right now, according to Dunks and Threes, is at 28.4%. That's the same that he had um, in 2022 when he won six men of the year at 28 so it's just over that you look at the um you look at the offensive shooting profile it actually very much matches up with the profile that he had that season when he won six men of the year the rim attempts per 75 possession possessions that season 4.1 this season 3.8 when you look at three point attempts per 75 possessions for tyler that season and this season identical at 7.6 when you look at the mid-range attempts per 75 7.7 that season, 8.3 this season. The shot profile is very, very similar. And look, last season it wasn't too 
dissimilar, but he was taking more threes and a little bit less at the, uh, excuse me, in the mid range. Not only that, the percentage of assisted shots, right? I mean, excuse me, the percentage of his shots that are assisted also almost identical to what it was in that year that he won six men of the year. So basically what I'm saying is he's playing the role he was two seasons ago, but now doing it with the starters. So however you want to feel about that as a fan, right? It might make you feel a little bad. It might make you feel good. I feel a little bit, I'm I'm a little conflicted about it because I think he's having a great season. I don't, I don't think it's like a, a, you know, he needs to be benched or or bring him back as a six man. I'm not there. What I do think is, you know, you look at everything, you look at the fact that he's stealing the ball more, has a career-high assist percentage, career-high um, steals percentage. And honestly, when you look at Dunks and Three's uh, offensive estimated plus-minus, which is kind of like their, you know, one of their tell-all analytics that a lot of people like, um, he's putting up the best offensive estimated plus-minus of his career. Now, obviously, it's only been, what is it, 10 games for him. Uh, but I just think, like, he's been very good at what he does, and he's doing it. He he's showing off like a, a a pretty good amount of efficiency, and impact, and doing like doing it in a role where it's high usage. And I think him doing it as a starter and against starting level uh, defenses is much more impressive than him doing it as a six man. And kind of bolsters his case that they should be playing around him throughout the regular season. Maybe that maybe he's not your go to guy in the playoffs, but I don't really think he's anything he's done has dissuaded you from from like, you know, from the sense of. He is a go-to scorer for you during the season. I just think, you know, it's been weird because he had those stretches in the playoffs where they they succeeded without him. They had the, the stretch earlier in the season without him where they were doing pretty well. And I think that's what throws people off. But it's not because of his play. Well, you busted a bunch of narratives in there. So let's start with one. Remember the thing from Charles Barkley a couple of years ago that Tyler wasn't playing against the other team's best players, right? Even though as a six man, he was closing virtually every game. Well, he's starting now, so you can't say that. And sometimes he's drawing the best defender on the other team. The other thing about it is we talk about the per-game numbers. Remember, he came out of one game early because he hurt the ankle. So, I mean, really, the numbers are skewed a little bit. He's played 10 games total. He's finished nine. It's not a huge sample size. But the thing that, that got me watching him the past two games up close, and we get a better view of it in Orlando because, thankfully, they're one of the teams that still puts the media on the baseline is that it's all in the flow. Like, I don't see him forcing anything. And again, when we talk about players, like he gets characterized by some, mostly outside of South Florida, as chucker, as a chucker, right? You know who's a chucker? Jordan Poole's a chucker, okay? And I'm looking at Jordan Poole's numbers. Now, Jordan Poole was put in the hero class, right? We've talked about these guards, right? Maxi, Poole, Bain, uh, Anthony Simons, right? There's a crew of like young two guards in the league. Now, Maxi has elevated, okay? Like there, he's become a special player as the number two guy next to an MVP type player in Philadelphia. Bain has had to carry the load this year in Memphis till John Morant came back. And although he's put up good numbers, they've been awful, okay? Anthony Simons has been hurt most of the season. So it's hard to evaluate that, but he's been on a bad team. They didn't play particularly well when he was the lead guy. Jordan Poole in Washington this year being given free reign, okay? Like there's no restrictions on him like there are on Tyler. There's no – there's Kyle Kuzma. They're not even trying to win, 
There, there's no Jimmy Butler there or Bam Adebayo or even any of the role players you have in Miami. He's averaging this year. Uh, he's got his percentages up, okay, because he's shot better over the last 10. To 41%, 32%. Again, I just gave you Tyler, right? 47-42. Rebounds per game, less than Tyler. Assists per game, less than Tyler. Turnovers per game. More than Tyler. Points per game, if you want to go by the most archaic statistic, seven and a half fewer than Tyler. And again, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Like, they're they're not trying to win. Like, Jordan Poole is not even pretending to play in a team concept. And that's where you're at. So why is there a national characterization that Hero is one of those guys when actually it has looked to me since Tyler's come back, he's making an effort not to overtake other guys. Like in the first game, you we were already there. He was, it was like, okay, he didn't even take the floater the first two times. Then he made one. He to, took two more. Why does he get characterized that way when I don't, he's not that kind of player. No, I don't, I don't think he is. And that's why I kind of get a little bit frustrated with some of the coverage on him because like, yeah, he is very much a guy who pretty much feeds as a jump shooter. And, you know, you can always clamor for more, rim pressure for him i don't know how much more he can give you and that's not you know to say that he can't i just haven't seen it yet i think he's kind of capped out as you know between three and four um rim attempts per 75 you know per at, again thanks to, uh, to dunks and threes he's kind of capped out there and you know the free throw rate is is more or less the same i don't know how much more he can give you i think he can finish better and i think that would be something that I could pick at because he's not finishing at the rim very well this season. But I, I do think like, I love what he's giving you to try to get to the rim when he can. I think he's really just making reads out there and taking what the defense is giving him. Like you said, he plays in the flow. He doesn't take a lot of bad shots and you can pick apart his game and his shot profile. And I, I think trying to have an ideal shot profile, like that stuff that I talk about too, it's a lot easier said than done, man. Like a lot of times, you know, um, it's just about the way that the team is defending you. And I think it, like, it's been a lot of mid-range shots over this season, and I think even more you know, in these past couple of games where he's been back because both teams have kind of allowed a good amount of him. And so he's just kind of feeding into it. And he's like, okay, I'll take those shots. You're going to give me those? You're going to give me these little floaters and these you know, openings in the mid-range? He's going to take them. And I, you know, shout out John Jablonki. He posted some numbers today about like the, you know, kind of the, I wish I could remember the name of the stat, but it was just one where it kind of focused on how long players hold on to the ball for. And Tyler's in these past couple of games were lower than it was for the other games he had played throughout the season, which is a good thing, right? Because there was concern about whether or not he was going to hold the ball or take away from others and take away from ball movement. And then he talked about that after the game and how he thinks they're, they're at their best when they're moving the ball. So I think all of those are green flags. I don't think he's in the same class as guy. Jordan Poole, like they've always been grouped together. I just think Tyler is a much more mature um, playmaker. Now, if, I'm not saying Tyler would go, like if he was in Poole's situation where he's the number one guy, that he would be amazing. He would put up a nice stat line. But that's why, like, I like where he's at right now. Like, I think he's in a nice role for the Heat where he can put up numbers for him all throughout the season. And then once it comes that time for the playoffs, it's just about staying healthy and, and playing your role, but knowing that you're not the guy who who takes them home you, you just need to do your thing throughout a game but all of it is doesn't come down to you so i just feel like i want to you, you, you look at the um 
sorry, the the, the, um, the the on and off stuff is the one thing that's kind of thrown me off a little bit because I don't make my entire opinion off of on and off data, nothing like that. But the one thing that points to maybe some, you know, conflict as to whether or not his higher usage role that it, his six man role as a starter is impacting them, you know, their negative 1.75 net rating uh, with him on the floor this season and plus 2.12 net rating with him off. And obviously it's a, it's about a three times larger sample size with him off. So it's not apples to apples by any means, but you know, the, the thing that that's a little weird is that their offensive rating is actually what's much better with him off, not the defensive rating. So, um, you know, that, that could, there could be some noise in numbers. Obviously it's a small sample size, but yeah. I do think it's like, you know, we kind of got to let it play out a little bit because I, I, we got to see what the effects are going to be on, on everybody else, I feel like. Yeah, well, I, I want to challenge you on something after the break. So I'm going to throw it to you here after I make one other comment because it's something that you said a couple times, and I just wonder when we change our view of this, okay? Because it's a common view. It's not you, only you, or even me who's had this view. Um, the one thing I do want to say, I, would, I wouldn't read into the on-off numbers much for this reason. Uh, first thing, Jimmy, Tyler played a lot of his games early on with Jimmy who was not playing at a high level for most of those games. And so I, you know, again, I just think it's hard to read when Tyler's been off the floor so much. I would and give that games without them too. Correct. But I, I would give it 20 to 25 games to uh, that. He's played to kind of figure that out, but I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to introduce our sponsor and then we'll close on the other side of this. When do we get to the point where we don't say, he can carry them offensively through the regular season. And then he's going to turn it over to the other guy. Because I don't think we're as far away from that as maybe we've suggested previously. But I do want to mention another great sponsor of the Five Reason Sports Network. Alex, you can cue it up now. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But, fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season, introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. We shouldn't be talking about New York. So go to manscaped.com. It's not even New York. It's New Jersey. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, so why don't we change that perception? Because the perception exists for a reason. There's re- it's based, this one's based in reality, right? Tyler Hero has not been available or healthy for the last couple of postseasons. And the one prior to that was four games worth, right? I mean, nobody played well during that against the Bucs. So you're going all the way back to the bubble year, and Tyler's a much better player now, even if, again, one of the narratives out there is that he's he also, somehow a bubble hero. When he's he also didn't play great in that, right. um, in that playoffs before he got hurt. Uh, no, correct. Ago. No. Correct. No, you're right. Absolutely. He did not. Okay. And and we acknowledge that at the time, but let's look at it this way. Let's say that Tyler, who has come out blazing here, right? Again, 24, five and five on very good percentages uh, for a two guard. Let's say he continues doing this. Let's say he continues growing. And let's say we're still seeing this Jimmy where like one night we see it one night we don't. Is it automatic that we go to the playoffs and we're like, okay, well, we're going to get playoff Jimmy now. So Tyler, take a back seat because I, I feel like we're hitting that tipping point soon. Yeah. I think that's the blueprint, Ethan. I think that's kind of the whole thing. And I think it's, I don't know if Tyler necessarily looks at it that, that same way. Like I think he is absolutely somebody looking forward to, you know, playing his game and really showing up in the playoffs. Like I think that's, <laughs> I can't imagine anything else he 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 would want more. Like as a because all these guys talk about themselves as competitors, and, and I, just from the most competitive angle, is you want to go and prove everybody wrong. And you know, shout out Chef Trilly. He had kind of said it through him before, right? Where it's like, yeah, I know that I got to go and prove everybody wrong or whatever. You know, something to 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 that effect that he had told him. And you know he had his moments in the, in the bubble and was a good player for them in the playoffs in the bubble. I can't say the same two seasons after I can't say the same one season after. And then, you know, last season will obviously was just the, the misfortune because I do think he was well on his way to being a big part of that run. And I do think they could have used him even though, um, 
you know, things. It was, it was a magical Cinderella run, and maybe you don't want to mess with it. I do still think basketball-wise, they absolutely could have used them even before the Nugget series. Um, my point being, I like that he can still do this. And like I said, it's impressive that he can play this role and do it efficiently and do it with a higher true shooting percentage by like two percentage points than when he did it as a sixth man of the year. Higher assist percentage, higher steals percentage. He's showing you growth as a player. Again, can nitpick at the rim percentage, can nitpick at the on and off data. And, you know, even cleaning the glasses, um, efficiency differential stat, like supports that he was much more impactful for them last season. And what the biggest difference I notice is they can live without him on offense. And that's ultimately a good thing. So that's the secret, like, that's to me, like that's the end of the rainbow here is it's actually a good thing because like their offensive rating last year went down by like six points when he didn't play consistently throughout the season. And we talked about that, like they were bad when he wasn't on the floor uh, offensively. And I just think, you know, you got to be happy that he's doing his thing, showing growth. And also like they don't need him to do this stuff. So it's like you get the best of both worlds. You're getting the growth, but you're still seeing all these other guys do their thing and you can win without him. You don't need him to be on the floor to score and, and, and to win. Now the season hasn't gone perfectly. We haven't seen them together. I do just think right now, the way it's going, I'm, I'm mostly like encouraged by this stuff. I think as, as Leif said on another podcast, the champagne problems, because it's like, Oh man, Tyler hero is putting up 25, five and five. What are we, what are we going to do? Because it's not 25, 5, and 5 on 37% overall shooting. Like, that that's the thing. Like, he's doing it efficiently. I, what I take out of last night, okay, as we're talking here on, on Thursday, is you put him out there for an extended stretch with arguably the most challenged offensive player in the rotation, which is Highsmith, okay, although Haywood made his threes last night. With Thomas Bryant, who's not been consistently playable, with Duncan, who Spolstra used to be concerned to put the two of them out there together, and with Josh Richardson, who has been up and down even though the three-point shot has come along, and that group went nuts. Well, why did it go nuts? Well, part of it was the gravity that Duncan was creating. Haywood talked about how well, – I could hear it uh, from where I was. Orlando players were screaming to stick to Duncan. Don't leave that guy. Don't, they were yelling it, okay? So Haywood was getting those shots. But who was setting the tone for that group? It was Tyler. And I, I just think that we're at a point now where you can put him out there with virtually anybody, and he's additive to that group offensively. But you're right. He doesn't have to be out there. I think the next step in this, because Hawkins has taken a little bit of a step back the past couple of games. He's looked a little rusty. We've talked. He looks to me like not that he's hit a huge wall, but he's one of those rookie bumps maybe because he's been playing a ton of minutes. He's still been playing more than 30 minutes a game. He's played a college season already. He's been their most reliable player. He's been out there all the time and in all the fourth quarters that now I want to see the two of them. I want to see the two of them really blossom together. And that's not on Tyler the last couple of games. I just don't think Jaime's been as good uh, as he was previously. Oh, I found, some, I found some stuff here that I don't love, <laughs> but I feel like I have to say here. And again, all of this is small sample size, but as I'm peering through some on and off stuff, and yes, I am listening to you, but no, okay. This particularly stood out. <laughs> like I think this is gonna. I think you're gonna. Your 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 eyes are gonna. They might pop out of their sockets there when you hear some of these because it doesn't kind. Of, it doesn't help the argument that, um, his play has been highly impactful. I will say, you look at the 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 on and off splits 
Tyler um, with Jimmy, negative 9.43 net rating. Tyler with Bam, negative 8.65 net rating. And that's in both of those, it's without the other star. So it's Tyler and Bam without Jimmy, and then Tyler and Jimmy without Bam. Again, negative 8.65 and negative 9.43, respectively. And then you look at Tyler um, without both of them, plus 1.67 net rating. So that kind of and, – and what you really see there is a huge jump in the, the offensive rating, where without the two of them, it's a 120 offensive rating. And when he's playing with either one, right, when, when it's with Bam, it's uh, a 101. And when, when it's with Jimmy, it's just under 109. So – that doesn't necessarily support the idea that the way that he's playing this season is the most beneficial way to play. So maybe it points to that there's some balance that needs to be found. Yeah. Well, I, th- a, I, th- I think it points. I think it points to something we we talked about before he came in or came back, is that he might be best utilized in a staggered way. And it doesn't mean he shouldn't start, but when we're talking about Bam and Jimmy, okay, who is he sharing the floor with? He's sharing the floor with somebody that obviously they want to get involved in Bam and that you want to be aggressive in Jimmy because everybody sets – he sets the tone. But the three of them – and this is something that Greg has hit on, and we talked about this on the podcast the other day. We're at year five of this thing with the three of them, right? Since Jimmy came in, okay, Tyler, Bam, and – we're still having a lot of the same conversations about the three of them, particularly late in games. And it's remarkable that they've been, and I know Tyler was out during the postseason last year, but they've been as successful as they have been getting to the finals a couple times, getting to the conference finals another time. We're still having these same conversations about the three of them. And to me, that's what the numbers point out. But the fact, I think it shows more that Tyler can be out there with a group that is offensively challenged without him. And can play the kind of offense that they played last night. Like, I, I look at it like he's out there with Highsmith, Bryant. We know what Duncan provides, but Highsmith, Bryant, and Josh, and that group didn't miss a shot for six, six and a half minutes. I'm not saying, look, there's some flukiness to that. I'm not saying that's going to happen all the time, but I'm not, here's what I'm not going to do anymore. Okay. And I understand what you're saying about the numbers, and I think we need a larger sample size for some of this stuff. I'm going to look at Tyler's raw numbers more importantly through that stage because it shows to me that he's playing well and he's playing efficiently. I'm not going to keep holding against him that the core group sometimes struggles. Yeah. And I think that's what it's, we always point to Tyler on that, right? It's never, we point to Bam. We don't point to Jimmy. We point to Tyler. And it's, I I don't, I I just, I'm starting to feel that that's unfair here. I know Ethan and I'm with you overall. Cause overall I'm still on the same page. It's just some of these numbers are just making me make all sorts of faces. Cause it's like, I'm with you. And then I'm like, Oh, I I get get it. But look, there's Jimmy and Bam without Tyler this season. And again, this is all – it's still – we're mm-hmm. basically a third through the season. So that we need to let stuff play out. I'm, I still feel that way. But Jimmy and Bam without Tyler this season in just about 200 minutes, plus 8.37. Then you look at Jimmy and Bam and Tyler all together, and it's about neutral. So it's like there's just more so – how, how much of this – how much of this is simply this, okay? Because I, I understand it. We've talked about those numbers. Not those specific numbers, but numbers in that in that – space how much of this is just how well duncan fits with the two of them because i i would assume i would assume that those minutes that tyler hasn't been out there with him because i'm not just assume we've seen it that's true that yeah. duncan is the guy out there with him yeah and and duncan as an offensive player we saw this even when duncan was not playing at this level he's like a force of nature for analytics 
Yeah, they're plus six. He together. just makes every lineup better, right? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if you look that up, and then we should close here. But like, I'm just saying, like, plus six. He, okay, right. But I, but I, but I don't think anybody would argue that Tyler is a better fit with the two of them than Duncan is, because he's not. But it doesn't mean that their upside isn't higher with Tyler. Does that make but sense? Isn't it funny. Yes, no, a hundred percent makes sense, and it's cool because you have the two of them on the team, and you don't have to only play one or the other, right? You could just bring Duncan off the bench, and it's like, wow, look at this weapon off the bench for you. You can do more things than ever, and that's great. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to point back to the champagne problem stuff because I think that you can figure some of this stuff out. It's not the end of the world. I just haven't loved the way <laughs> some of these numbers look. They're kind of leaning towards the other way because I don't want to say that like he isn't playing impactful basketball. I just think like some of these lineups are losing and. We know the context. There's been a lot of in and out. Like, they haven't played regularly together, and Tyler hasn't even played much, period. So, again, it's early. But, yeah, man, I think it really comes down to figuring out the lineups. And it's like, if if your conclusion is Tyler should have his own lineups without Jimmy and Bam, that's that's a shift from what's been happening since he's is been gone. The- because they, it, yes, it, it, because they've had the Jimmy and Bam anchored lineups, and they haven't had a point without either one of them being on the floor. So you would have to shift the rotation them out. But, they, but, before, but before Tyler got hurt, they were running Tyler anchor lineups, right? But I'm saying, do you go back to that? or Yes. Do you just yes. With... Okay. Yeah. The I, Tyler I mean, anchor I mean, lineups I'm, as in no bam. I think they have enough. To... Look, I liked what I saw against a good team last night. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, and that's not even the core that Tyler would be playing with because – Typically, I mean, Highsmith has been, you know, he got the minutes last night. That might be Caleb in a lot of situations. And Bryant, uh, well, he, he would be Love, right? That's because thing, you didn't have Jimmy Love. So, love so put, put, have been playing so well together. And you, but Jimmy and Love have been playing so well together, and that pairing has just been fantastic for them. Like, I, the Jimmy's led bench but... units have been amazing for them. And Kevin Love is coming right. out on the top of, like, a bunch of advanced stats list because the minutes that he's on the floor there as a backup five have been insanely efficient and he's shooting the lights out this season and all that but can't you still minutes. get to some can't you get to some hero bam anchored lineups which i, I like I mean, that certainly... idea. just throw okay. him into the bam lineups because those actually have been like not great when you look at the on and off stuff like the mm-hmm. jimmy bench units have been amazing and the bam ones haven't according to you know like on and off that on pbpstats.net which I, I feel like i need to shout him out more but um but yeah like i do think you you kind of throw them in there. I think you throw them into the to the to the Bam led units, and it's like Tyler Duncan Bam plus, you know, mix and max. I mean, uh, mix and match with the two. Here he does something else, and we want to thank our sponsors, Better Edge and Manscaped. And this conversation will continue. You just said throw them in the throw the Tyler Duncan lineups. See, that's a whole nother weapon here. That if they're if if Spolster is willing to play with that defensively. And offensively, if, so if he's willing to have different both ways. of them moving around all the time and actually using them both off ball, like I think he could do a lot, man. But it's I, 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 more I theoretical. Think gonna, I think Eric's going to figure that out. My overall point is this, okay? The fact that Duncan's been so damn good does not mean that Tyler cannot be great in these situations also. And I just, I'm going to come back to this. The, the one narrative, we can talk about lineups and staggering and who he fits better with. We've done all that. I mean, I mean, we haven't done it this specifically, but we talked about it before the season. We talked about it during the season. It is, it is a challenge champagne problem, as you say, to kind of try to figure that out. But the, old, the overall point is this, this idea. Okay. 
I'm not even going to read that stat there because my I I seriously I, I can't sit straight anymore. My back's killing me. This is what happens when you get to be almost 51. I'm go, I'm just going to say this, okay? This idea that Tyler is a chucker who detracts from everything else they do as a result of his volume going up leads to problems for the team. I, I just don't see it this year. I don't. And I I maybe that's eye test. And, and it's not on one of these stat platforms, but when I've watched him very carefully the last couple of games, he is very disciplined about when to go and when not to go and understanding who he's playing out there with. And I think that is the next step in his reads and his evolution. And I'm not going to let you read that stat because it's going to depress everybody. Tyler Duncan and Bammer minus 20 net. Have a good night, everybody.